You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to be continuing with our OPT model as we go through this review and make sure that we understand the NASM Optimum Performance Training Model and all the components of it. So we kind of started with an overview. We've done flexibility. We're moving into core today. So we first have to identify what the core is to fully understand. And one of the ways that we hear core being talked about, basically, if you popped off your arms and your legs, you're left with your trunk, your center, your core. But also, I think it's important to point out that the portions of the legs, the actual hips are part of the core as well. So any muscle that crosses over the hips and into the spine or the pelvis, part of the core. So it's defined as the lumbopelvic hip complex. And the core... Uh, has all these different goals. It just depends on what your outcomes are and what your goals are, depending on which phase of the model you're in, will really identify which you do, what type of exercise you do. But there are different types of muscles in the core. We talk about core muscles. There are local core musculature. So these are generally smaller muscles where ultimately their job is to stabilize. And then there are global muscles And these are larger, more movement-based muscles, not so much stabilization-based muscles. And I think it's important to point out, because we start doing core stability training, when you do it, the the exercises aren't necessarily quite that challenging, right? You lie on your back and you do an opposite arm and leg overhead reach where your arms go overhead, your leg reaches out, this dead bug exercise – And you're stabilizing your core. Now, for a lot of people, it's not really that challenging. But the point of it is, is that so many times people do core exercises for their global muscles. And when you do global muscular exercises, then a lot of times the stabilizing muscles get left out. And a lot of people do the movement without focusing on the stability. And so as the stabilizing muscles generally, as they start to get weaker, the larger, more global muscles start to take over. So when you're doing exercises, you're like, oh, I'm doing that, but I feel that in my back. So a lot of times the back feeling when you're doing core exercises, there may be a lack of stability there and the erectors or the psoas are trying to engage to help stabilize the core. The bigger muscles are doing the smaller muscles job. So the idea is to do a lighter, less intense stabilization exercise for core stability so that you don't actually have to engage a lot of these global muscles um, with, with a large amount of contraction. They might still be working, but the large amount of contraction we don't necessarily want from them. So what are the local muscles and global muscles? It's not an exhaustive list, but just to have a better understanding, local musculature like the rotatories, the multifidi muscle group, the transverse abdominis, diaphragm, pelvic floor, QL, quadratus lumborum, those are all stabilizing muscles. They, they can help move, I mean, even the name rotatories lets you know that they rotate, but they go from one vertebra to the next and they can rotate, but really their job is to stabilize. The multifidae go from one vertebrae to the next or skip one and go to the following. 
but their job is to stabilize the spine. Transverse abdominis actually doesn't create movement at all. It's just compression. It's the, the body's weight belt. And that helps to stabilize the core. So this is what we're looking at, the diaphragm, pelvic floor, QL stabilizers. Now, the global muscles of the core, the ones you're probably more familiar with, there's certainly more recognizable names in muscular anatomy, like your abs, the rectus abdominis, your obliques, your internal and external obliques. In fact, the internal obliques, the posterior fibers, are stabilizing fibers, and the more anterior fibers are movement-based fibers. The lats, the lats are global musculature. The iliopsoas, those big hip flexor muscles, they do hip flexion, they decelerate extension, but they, they are part of the core. In fact, they originate, the, the psoas originates from the lumbar spine, the, the iliacus originates from the ilium in the pelvis and crosses over the hip. They have a common tendon, which is why we sometimes refer to them as the same thing, the iliopsoas, so we just put them together. So the core musculature can be really good for posture. It can be very good for performance. You have to have these muscles working. So we're going to look at where these um, core training fits into each phase of the NASM OPT model. So there are three levels, again, to the OPT model, stabilization, strength, and power. So you have core stabilization. And there are types of exercises that you do if you're in the stabilization level and you're working out your core. So what would be some examples of core stabilization? Well, first let's identify it. Core stabilization, what's gonna be identified as an exercise that's specifically for the core with little to no movement of the lumbopelvic hip complex. So exercise examples that you would see would be planks. That's it. And all varieties of planks. So short lever plank, long lever plank, knee plank, one-legged plank, uh, opposite arm and leg plank, side planks, adductor planks, all the planks, all the planks that are being held and stabilized. Those are going to have little to no movement of the spine or the lumbopelvic hip complex. So we're going to keep it little and no movement of the spine. And, and look at that. So Sometimes some of these movements can include, in some instances, movement. So think about this. The, another example would be a bridge. Well, my hips move in a floor bridge, but my spine doesn't move. And in fact, there is something that I refer to, and, and you guys may be familiar with, it, a Pilates bridge. In Pilates, oftentimes you'll see the, the spine rolls up and it rolls back down as you go through the bridge. Now, nothing wrong with that, but that would not be an example of spinal stabilization. It's not a wrong bridge. It's just not a core stability exercise because there is movement of the spine. And we define core stability as little to no movement of the spine. Now, my hips are moving as I bridge. I'm going into hip extension and hip flexion, hip extension as I go up, hip flexion as I lower down. That's a good core stability exercise, and it helps me to stabilize my spine and move from my hips. That's a great primer exercise. As I'm going into squats, I don't want to be rolling my spine up and rolling my spine back down. I want a stable spine as I do hip flexion and hip extension. Other examples of exercises would be a floor cobra 
where you're really focusing on the retraction depression of the scapula and external rotation of the shoulder. If you've heard of a paloff press or an anti-rotational press, that's where maybe you're taking a, a cable or a band and it's pulling you sideways. So the machine is to your left or your right and you're facing straight ahead and you reach your arms out in front of you and your job is to not let the weight move you. So that is a stability exercise, core stability. Um, we talked about different types of planks. There's one that's pretty popular that people are starting to do a lot, which is a Copenhagen plank. And that Copenhagen plank is a good example of a core stability exercise if you can maintain that stability. Also things on a stability ball that I like, like a stability ball rollout where you're doing a plank on the stability ball and you just reach forward and bring it back or stir the pot, circles on the stability ball, trying to, to create that ball in rotation without moving your spine. That's core stability. What do, what do we want out of core stability? The answer is in the question. We want core stability. We want to practice doing exercises that stabilize our core and that we build endurance. So the name of that level of the OPT model is stability. The name of the first phase that goes in the OPT model is, is stabilization endurance training. So we want stabilization and endurance. As we move on into the strength level, <clears throat> and it doesn't matter which phase you're talking about in the strength level, so is it strength endurance? Is it muscular development? Is it max strength? It doesn't matter. They all fall within the level of core strength. And core strength exercises are going to have movement of the spine. They're going to include things like crunches. You can do crunches with body weight. You can do it with cable, holding a dumbbell or a plate. Those are all going to be core strength exercises. <clears throat> there are different types of crunches. There are reverse crunches. There are oblique crunches, back extensions. You can do back extensions from the floor. You can do reverse hypers. You can do a Roman chair back extension. You can do back extension with rotation. Side bends, uh, cable trunk rotations, Russian twist, wood chops. All of these are going to be examples of core strength. What are, you, what are your goals here? I'm trying to build strength throughout a full range of motion in my core. So this is the strength level of the OPT model. And so our core is going in, in the strength level will include full ranges of motion where we practice moving the spine. Now, you might say, Rick, I'm curious. I, I have somebody where I need to progress them, but I feel like I don't need to progress them yet in their core. I feel like they need to stay with some core stability exercises but also move on into strength training. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. You can continue to maintain your core stability exercises and still move into the strength training. You just didn't progress them into core strength yet. My hope is that you will be able to progress them and they will be able to practice strength training in a full range of motion in their core. So they're doing the concentric, eccentric, isometric phases of the muscle actions that take place so that those muscles in the lumbopelvic hip complex can practice moving, build strength, core strength training. And then there's core 
power. So that's the power level of the OPT model. If you're in the power level, you're going to do core exercises in the power, core power. That's going to be movement of the spine with speed, with rapidity. We're moving with speed. Now, one of the things that we do to move with speed is we do exercises with medicine balls. And a lot of times when we do these exercises, we want some type of release. I want to let go of something. I want to throw something. So med balls are a great example of this. Now, um, without going through a lot of information about medicine balls, let's just talk about some of the exercises that would take place. Medicine ball examples would be things like a medicine ball rotational chest pass. That rotational chest pass is a great core power exercise. It's not going to be heavy because if it's heavy, you can't move it fast, right? You can't move it quickly. You won't have the speed and the goal of power for our purposes in this and athletic performance is how fast we can move a mass. So we know that working a muscle with speed builds power. So rotational chest pass, a medicine ball soccer throw, medicine ball wood chops, medicine ball rainbow slams where you pick it up and slam it and you pick it up go over your head and slam to the other side and give some back and forth with that. Wood chops, reverse wood chops, all examples of uh, exercises you can do with medicine balls. You can also use bands. And I don't prefer the bands as much because you don't release it. You don't explode and let, uh, let go of something. But a lot of people don't have the medicine balls or they don't have the ability to slam the medicine balls in their gyms. In their facilities, there's not a wall to slam into. Uh, it makes too much noise. So, or you're at a house and that's not something you can do within the house. So you can do it with bands and you can still do trunk rotations. You can do power sweeps. There's like a lat sweep and you can go you know, down the center, side to side, rotational power sweeps, rotational, <coughs> excuse me, chops and reverse wood chops all with a band. So those are examples of core power exercises. There's core stability, core strength, and core power. Core stability, little to no movement of the spine. Core strength, movement of the spine through that full range of motion, and then core power, movement of the spine with speed. There's our overview of our core training within the OPT model. Certainly there's so much more. Be sure to check the chapter in your book and figure out a little bit more about the core things that you want to learn and how to apply that programming. But there's just an overview of the, the OPT model with the core. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so. Hit me up uh, on Instagram threads at dr.rickrichie or email me rick.richie at nasm.org. You'll keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.